the Son of God, our Lord Jesus Christ, comes into the world to be its Savior. And we, the members of his church, members of his body, also must be concerned with salvation. Ultimately, the salvation of the entire world, beginning with the specific corner of the world in which God has placed us. There is a danger, though, that rather than being concerned with salvation, we start becoming concerned with survival, much like Peter walking on the water in the storm. As he focuses on Christ, everything is fine, but once he looks down and he has this, this existential threat around him, the anxiety of the moment, he begins to sink. The survival instinct compels us to avoid threats. We are always on the lookout for negative things on the horizon, potential problems that could arise. In response, we do one of three things. We either resist, we run away, or we end up doing nothing at all. What is known as fight, flight, or freeze. And while you can find fight, flight, or freeze everywhere in the natural world, when we open the New Testament, we find that Christ approaches challenges in a different way. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends, Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 13. Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, Matthew 5.44. And Matthew 5.11, a bit earlier, Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. These words are hardly motivated by an instinct for survival. In Jesus' parable of the talents in Matthew 25, a landowner gives a portion of his estate to three servants, the first to take their portions and multiply them, but the third one simply takes his portion and buries it. When the landowner comes back, he is very pleased with the first two servants and what they've done, but when he gets to the third servant, he has a very different reaction. The third servant says, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. And I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. And the landowner becomes very angry and calls this servant wicked and lazy. Jesus teaches us that whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and for the Gospels will find it. We find this teaching in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, Matthew, chapter 16, and Luke, both chapter 9 and chapter 17. And we see this again and again in the life of the church, in the saints, the writings of the fathers, that if we try to ferociously hold on to something with white knuckles, the more ferocious we are at that, the more we find it slipping out of our fingers. It was fear that motivated the servant in the parable of the talents to bury what he was given by his master rather than building it. And obviously, this is what motivates the survival instinct. We fight, flight, or freeze because we are afraid. When we're motivated by fear and always scanning for threats, we cannot participate in the blessings that Christ promises us because we've taken our eyes off of Christ and we are looking at the material world. It's this kind of strange idolatry. But in this respect, it's not the love of something material that we become obsessed with, but the fear. Whenever we allow fear to lord over us, the very thing that we are afraid of most will likely be the outcome in the end. 
The promise of salvation is grounded in love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, John 3.16, of course. St. John also teaches us, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. If we allow God's love to lead us, the message we proclaim is God is greater than any challenge, than any threat, and than any obstacle. This has to be the foundation of our life. It is certainly the primary witness of Christians. The martyrs were able to go to their deaths confessing Christ because they understood this and stood firm on it to the very end, to their very last breath. Being a disciple of Jesus does not mean life is going to be easy, but it does mean that with Christ's strength and grace, our struggles will never undo us. The seal on Orthodox communion bread reads, I-C-X-C-N-I-K-A. That's Greek for Isus Christos Nika, and that means Jesus Christ victorious. Jesus Christ victorious. These words are the bedrock of the Christian life. Christ is victorious over death and sin and shame. Jesus Christ is victorious, and in him we are victorious as well. We don't have to get stuck in the toxic patterns of fight, flight, or freeze. His victory is our victory. And there's nothing in the world that can lead to our undoing, but even the most difficult situation can be, by God's grace, unto our salvation. We have nothing to be afraid of, because Christ is with us even in the deepest, darkest moments of our lives, bringing us his light and his life.